The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. It's so good to be in church on the last Sunday. And today we're going to do communion at the end of my preaching. And then we're going to have an anointing service. And so Anne and I are going to be uh, praying for everyone that wants prayer. And so um, we'll, I'll introduce that at the end. But today I want to speak to you about the theme of next year. And the theme of next year is very simply three words. Higher, deeper, wider. Higher, deeper, wider. Have we got a graphic for that? Did uh, Nathaniel put together a graphic for higher, deeper, wider? Let's have a look at the graphic. Higher, there it is, deeper, wider. And, uh, you know, the whole, the whole thing for next year is this. If we can go higher with God, then that will cause us to become deeper people. And as we become deeper people with greater revelation, then we're able to do what Jesus said, go into all the world and uh, have a wider outreach. But in order to do that, you've got to go higher first. So you've got to go higher first in order to go deeper, in order to go wider. So over the next few weeks, I'm just going to expand on this theme. But today, I want to talk to, I want to, talk to you about going higher. If you have your Bibles, would you open up to Colossians chapter 3? And we'll dig into one of the Apostle Paul's themes that he opened up so beautifully in the epistles. And... One of the themes that Paul had so much to say about is going higher. And he spoke about the heavenly realms. He spoke about this realm, this spiritual realm. And Paul was trying to get us to understand that there's a natural realm and there's a supernatural realm. There's a higher realm. There's a a realm of the spirit. And too many people live life purely on the natural realm and lose sight of the spiritual realm. And when we get sight of the spiritual realm, Paul actually talks to us about going higher, that we go into the heavenly places, and that we actually are able to sit with Christ in everything. So let's, let's read what it says in Colossians chapter 3. It says, verse 1, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not things of the earth. And then Paul opens it up again in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Uh, And I love this verse because it talks about blessing. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And, and what Paul does there, it says, when you are able to climb higher and get into those spiritual places in Christ, that's where you find all of the spiritual blessings. Sometimes we're looking for them here, whereas God is saying to us, you've got to climb a little bit higher to find them. And, uh, and when you climb into that spiritual realm, that's where every spiritual blessing is. All the things that you desire are found as you climb higher. And then another verse in Ephesians 2 verse 6, Paul says, He raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly 
places in Christ and seated us there in the heavenly places in Christ. I don't know whether you're able to get a mental picture of being seated next to Jesus in heavenly places, whether you can actually bring yourself to transcend the things of this world and begin to see the things of God's world from a higher perspective. Every single one of you have had a year this year. Is that right or wrong? Of course you've had a year. You've had a year. And I love the fact that God gives us years. I see them as chapters. I I see the fact that sometimes time can be so vast that we can actually lose perspective of time. But what God has managed to do to us is actually cut time up into bite-sized chunks. And so he gives us days, how awesome it is to have value on a day. And then he gives us weeks, how valuable it is to put value on a week. And then he gives us months, how beautiful it is to put value on a month. And then he gives us seasons, the four seasons, how powerful it is to put value on seasons. Then he gives us years and how powerful it is to put value on a year. And so in my office, I've got a cupboard that's full of all my yearly diaries. And all my yearly diaries are in a cupboard in my office. And many times I go back and just check what I did in a particular year because I forget. But there are particular chapters of my life. And, and it just becomes so convenient to create a chapter out of a year. Now, I've already got my diary set up for 2018. I've already got dates set apart. I already know what some of the things that I'm going to be doing in 2018. I've already got themes and things worked out for 2018. But 2017 is now full. And so my diary, my 2017 diary is now stashed away with the diaries of 2016, 2015, 2014, and so on. And they, and they are now a memory. But what happens is this. For some of you, 2017 was a great year. How many of you, how many of you reckon for you that 2017 was a great year? It was certainly a great year for our church. It was a great year for our church. We broke all records in 2017. So we, we, we broke all records of uh, just in so many areas. 2017 was an absolutely awesome year for our church. And so yeah, Anne and I were just talking about yesterday. She asked me, so what are the highlights of 2017? And I went, bang, 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 bang. Incredible highlights. One of the highlights, there's Ronnie translating for me in Spanish at the back. I took uh, Ronnie and Rod McGibbon to, to Peru. Uh, in, in, uh, in September. And one of the highlights was having Ronnie translate for me in this, in this hospital where there were literally over a hundred uh, Quechua Indians that had come because they were sick physically. But as I preached the gospel to them that particular morning with Ronnie translating for me into Spanish, I gave the appeal and over 100, maybe 150 Ketchin Indians responded to the gospel, praying the prayer of salvation into their lives. That was certainly, that was certainly a highlight. 
That was certainly a highlight. Another highlight is doing another year with my beautiful wife, celebrating our 37th wedding anniversary, and just celebrating doing life together, getting older together. Is it, well, at least I'm getting older. She's getting younger. That's, that's the politically correct thing to say, men, just if you want to survive another year. And... No, but there's so many highlights. But guess what? There's also the downlights. There's also the challenges. There's also the, the, you know, the tough things. And every year has its highs and it has its lows. Every year has its challenges. And I don't think there's anyone here this year that has not had its challenges. For me, you know, I, you know I've, I've, I've done funerals this year. And for, for me, it's always a sad thing to do a funeral. I've seen marriages break up this year. That's always a tough thing for a pastor to see marriages break up. Now there's, you know, we, we've done the journey with people when, you know, the, the doctors have given them, you know, diagnosis of cancer in their lives. And that's a tough thing to do that. And, um, and you know, that's just a tough thing. But we did the journey with people. And can I just say to you that life has its highs and life has its lows. And nobody is immune from either one. And I stop many times and I start to count my highs. Because too often we can get so lost in our downs that we lose sight and become people that are not full of gratitude. And I want to be someone that always stops and is just grateful. Just grateful. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for the sheets on my bed. When was the last time you just said, thank you, God, for the sheets on my bed? Uh, because some people have got straw. I don't know. Some people sleep on the dirt. Hey, I've been on missions trips and, you know, where, where you just sleep with the bugs and um, you just go to bed beforehand and you just shake the bugs off your bed. And I can't remember the last time I had to shake any bugs out of the bed. And um, just God's blessed us with a nice, clean bed. But when was the last time you actually said, Lord, I'm thankful for my clean bed? When was the last, you know, we say grace, but do we say it out of gratitude or do we say it out of religious observance? Thank you so much for this food. I've, I've, I've actually got food to eat. How wonderful is that? Because what happens in the West is this. It's really funny that, that for us in the West, we actually have to walk kilometers after we've eaten to take away the excess. Whereas in so many countries of the world, they've actually got to walk kilometers to find food. We just got to be grateful. You know, I, I was grateful in digging some more wells in Cambodia this year. How grateful is that? How, imagine that. We drink coffee, put some money in a tin, not because we have to, but because we want to, and we're actually able to change communities. What a joy it is this year to have been training over 20 pastors to actually plant churches in those very communities where we've dug wells, given them clean water, and now we're giving them the water of life. How awesome is that? Doesn't that put a smile on your face? And, and you're able, yeah, come on, if you're going to clap, make it a good one. How awesome is that? 
I'm grateful that I'm able to help others. I'm grateful for that. But one of the things that's really important for us as we move into 2018 is just to go higher. And God wants us to go higher with him. Because the higher you go, the better your perspective. It's interesting. Anne and I were, were asked to go to Parliament House just a few weeks ago um, to celebrate Bernie Banton's. How many of you remember Bernie Banton and the fight with asbestos and, and just that whole thing? Um, because his wife comes and her new husband comes to our church. And so they were having a celebration of 10 years of Bernie Banton's um, incredible battle with the big boys to give the, the, those that were suffering from cancer, asbestos cancer, a chance to get at least some, some remuneration for the pain and anguish that that whole company did to people. And it was a parliament house. And so I've been to parliament house plenty of times. But for whatever reason, um, on the way there, we caught the train and just, I lost my way. And so I just, we're in the middle of high rise in Sydney and I lost my way. I just knew we had to get to Martin Place because Parliament House is at the other end of Martin Place. But I didn't know if it was north, south, east or west. So we had to stop to ask somebody the direction because we had lost our way. Now, I knew where I had to go, but I was disorientated. thing is this, that Anne and I have had dinner up at Sydney Tower. Anybody has, has ever had dinner at Sydney Tower? The revolting restaurant? Sorry, the revolving <laughs> Did I, say, did I say the wrong thing there? The revolving restaurant. Let's get that right. The revolving restaurant, top of Sydney Tower. And from that incredible view, it's, you don't get lost because it's very easy to see where all the perspectives are. And so, and so we were on our way, but we'd become disorientated. So someone had to tell us where the direction was. This is the point. The point is that sometimes we can get lost in life. We can get lost in the valleys of life. We can get lost in the high rise of life. And this is where God says, if you come higher, you get a better perspective. And it's from the mountaintop, it's from the high places that you get a better perspective. And so what's fascinating in the Bible is that many times God invites us to go to the mountain. And at the mountain, we get revelation. It's interesting, God invited Moses to go to Mount Sinai. And on Mount Sinai, Moses got a, a greater revelation of God. He got the Ten Commandments. He got a better perspective of what the future and what life was about. And God invites us to go to the high places. God invites us to go higher. But, and, and then what's interesting is that in the New Testament, what we have is Jesus invited people to go to the mountain. And, uh, and that's where he gave the Beatitudes. And, and it's interesting that the new Moses was Jesus. And he gave the new law. It's the law of discipleship. You've got Mount Sinai, the Mount of Beatitudes, two mountains, two leaders, giving two new perspectives to life. One, the Ten Commandments and the law. And the other, Jesus, giving the Beatitudes and the principles of discipleship. If you want to be my disciples, it's not the Ten Commandments that you have to necessarily obey. It's the whole law of the kingdom and understanding the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And, and it's on mountaintop experiences that we get better perspectives. 
want to get a better perspective of where you are, you've got to go higher. When you go higher, not only do you get a better perspective, but you're also better at navigation. Because it's from the mountaintop that not only you see where you are, but where you need to be going. And so navigation is easier. And so if you're lost, he's God saying, go higher. Come on, go higher. And now not only do you get better perspective, but you get better navigation. Then the third thing that you get when you go higher is better understanding. And I love this. Because it's not until you go higher that you get to work out, wow, I have to go through that valley to get to that point there. And if I hadn't gone through that valley, I wouldn't have been able to get to that point. And sometimes when we're in a valley experience, we're full of complaint. We're we're full of, why God? Why God? Why God? And God says, but I can't get you to where I want you to go without passing through that valley. And so we get better understanding. And understanding, my friends, is what all of us need more of. How much understanding did you get out of 2017? Because 2017 is over, and some of you had incredible highs and incredible lows. But in the midst of this all, God wants to lift us up to the high place so that we can get a bit of understanding of 2017. What was it all about? Was it just was it just fluke? Was it just coincidence? Was it just accident after accident? Or was there divine purpose after divine purpose? Because that's where understanding comes in when we're able to understand that through it all, God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. When we go higher, we're able to go deeper. And that's the difference, is that we can't get deeper until we go higher. We can't really get the revelation that God wants us to have without going higher. Now, what happens is this, that your depth in life is not found in how much you know, but in your revelation. See, a lot of people know a lot of things, but knowledge doesn't create depth. It's revelation that creates depth. See, knowledge is in your head. Revelation is in your heart. And so a lot of people, they study, they study, they study, they've got a head full of knowledge, but there's no revelation. Like we sang this morning about, about God being good. We got a good, good father. And so we can sing that and we get knowledge about it. And everybody can say, is God good? Yeah, God's good. But it's only when you get the revelation that God is good that everything changes. Yeah. And how do you get that revelation of God being good? You really want to know that? Well, let me tell you how you get the revelation that God is good. You don't get the revelation of God's good when everything's going well for you. When everything's going well for you, how good is that? Can I say to you that when a tree grows up in a place where it is totally protected, where there is no wind, where there is no cyclone, where there is no energy pushing against it, that tree will not have deep roots. But put that very same tree and expose it on a hilltop where it's exposed to the currents, it's exposed to the tornadoes, it's exposed to the wind, and it forces those roots to go deep. That tree is immovable because of the forces that are arrayed against it. So how do you know that God is good? Not in seasons of blessing, but in seasons of trials. You'll only discover how good God is when you go through the fire, when you go through the flood. 
And sometimes God says, I need for you to go through the fire. And the very, but God, I don't want to go through the fire. You need it more than you know. But God, I don't want to go. You want to go deeper? Yeah, then through the fire you go. Then you come out of the fire and God's got a flood for you. And you say, oh God, I just came through the fire. Yeah, but that's only strengthening you in one area. Now you've got to be strengthened in another area. And fire and flood is some of the stuff that we're exposed to. And yet we're as Christians, we pray, protection, Lord. We just want protection. Nothing bad ever to happen to us. And God says, if you want to be weak, let nothing bad ever happen to you. But if you want to be strong, you've got to be exposed to the flood. You've got to be exposed to the fire. And all that does, it causes your roots to go deeper and deeper and deeper. Man, I struggled with this whole concept for years and years and years. I struggled through this. Why did you struggle? Because a lot of our theology is around the protection of God. A lot of our theology is around nothing bad will ever happen to God's people. Are you kidding me? How did you draw that out of the Bible? When from Genesis through the Revelation, all of God's people were exposed to bad things. You show me one of God's people that wasn't exposed to bad things. You show me the most perfect of thing of people. I mean, Joseph, there's not one, one bad thing that he ever did. But how many of you know a lot of bad things happened to him? So he's Joseph an incredible illustration of someone who did good but had bad things happen. And come on, folks, don't ever say when something bad happens to you, the bad thing's happening to me because I've done bad things. That's rubbish. How many of you know bad things happen to good people? Good things happen to bad people. This is the way that life is. The rain falls on the good and the just. But in the middle of it all, God says, I actually expose you to tough things so that I can pull out of you the good things. So that your roots can go deeper and deeper and deeper. And so some of you have been exposed to some pretty bad things in 2017. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? Do you quickly press delete or do you learn something from it? Do you press delete? Do you say, I'm just getting that out of my system? Or do you stop and reflect and say, God, what are you teaching me out of this? What are you doing in my life that is causing my roots to go deeper? Because it's in the heavenly places in Christ that you receive the revelation that causes you to go deeper. Are you getting this? You've got to go higher to go deeper. And the way that you go higher is where God gives you the perspective on what's going on in your life. The perspective of why is this happening to me? The perspective. And God gives you incredible revelation. And it's in that revelation that you go deeper. See, the secret to a great life is go higher, which enables you to go deeper. Be seated with him in heavenly places. See it from his perspective. God's, God says in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. How many of you want God's thoughts? Because this world's thoughts is not where you need to be. There's a, there's a perspective that this world has that is purely on the natural realm. 
There's a perspective that this world indoctrinates people with, and it's purely on a natural realm. There's nothing spiritual about it. Matter of fact, they obliterate spirituality and just see everything on a natural realm. And God says of those people, your thoughts are not my thoughts. See, this is, how many of you remember the story of, of, um, of Samuel um, anointing the new king of Israel? God says to Samuel, go to the house of Jesse. And, uh, and in the house of Jesse is the new king. And what you will do is that you'll get this horn of oil. We're going to be talking about the anointing oil later. And you'll anoint the new king. And so he contacts Jesse and he says, come on, bring out your sons. Because God's going to choose one of your sons. And out comes these great, good-looking, strong men. And Samuel looks at them and says, surely one of these must be the new king of Israel. They had it all together. They were they were good looking, they were tall, they were dark, they were handsome, they had it all wavy hair. My hair's wavy as well. It's waving goodbye. It's an amazing thing the older you get that where you want hair, it disappears, and where you don't want hair, it appears. How many of you got that? You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, let's move on. And so he's, he's, he's Samuel. He's ready to anoint the new king. And, and, and God, says, God says to him, no, nah, none of these blokes. And, and, and Samuel's just flabbergasted. Why? Because on the natural realm, it was surely any one of these guys will do. And then, and then he says, what God has picked is not here. Do you have anybody else? Yeah, I do, but, you know, he's a shepherd boy. He's out in the fields. and Well, bring him here. And, and along comes a boy very different to these other guys. Didn't have the same physique. Didn't have the same rippling. Didn't have the weight. Didn't have all that sort of stuff. And, and God speaks to Samuel very clearly and says, man looks on the outside, but God looks on the inside. And here's this young boy whose heart was after God. Who's this young boy who was in the fields writing songs and poetry and some of the Psalms as he's looking after. He was being prepared in the field. There he was killing lions and bears and God preparing him for battle in secret, in private. His heart being pure before God. God looking at a very different realm to the way that man looks. Can I just say to you that God wants to take you to that higher realm where you see life through God's eyes, not the world's eyes. And right now, there is an indoctrination taking place of our young people. And it grieves me to my heart because our young people, our young adults are being indoctrinated to view life through the perspective lens of this world. And this world is going the very opposite direction to God. And he's God saying, come on, rise up to a higher level. And there I will give you new lenses. These are the lenses of the Holy Spirit where you view life from God's perspective. And when you view life from God's perspective, everything else falls into place. Let me finish my preaching this morning and then we'll get into communion. 2017 is over. It's today, the last day. So we need to say goodbye to 2017. So let's say goodbye. Say goodbye, 2017. 
But you know what you need to say goodbye to? You need to say goodbye to some of your disappointments. How many of you got some disappointments in 2017? You need to say goodbye. Some of you need to say goodbye to your grief. Some of you lost loved ones in 2017. And yeah, you know what? I don't want to ever minimize that because some of that grief will carry on and year after year and year after year, but not to be dominated by that. Let's not be dominated by it. Grief is an ongoing thing that we have to, that we have to resolve, but let's not be dominated. Some of you have had failure in 2017. Some of you not only have had disappointment, but failure with things that you believed in fell apart. You need to say goodbye to failure. Some of you have been offended in 2017. Some of you have been offended by people. Some of you have been offended by God. Some of you have got offense that you're carrying and it's like, it shouldn't have happened and they promised and they didn't deliver and you're offended. Well, they lied to me. They cheated me. They ripped me off. Offense. Offense. But here's your choice. Tomorrow is the beginning of a new year. Are you going to take that offense into 2018? 2018 is like a blank sheet. It's like a white page. There's not one blemish. It's pure. It's beautiful. There's not one mistake in 2018. There's not one offense in 2018. It's perfect. And so there's this line, 2017, 2018, you've got all these offenses. Are you going to take them and pollute 2018? Or are you going to say, I'm going to say goodbye to you, offense? I'm actually, you, you're weighing me down. You, you filthy things, you're weighing me down. I'm just going to let you go. You're, you're staying in 2017. You're not coming with me in 2018. I'm going to walk into 2018 offense free. What? Your choice. You either bring it with you or you let it go. See, you've got to say goodbye to some things, but then you've got to embrace some new things. 2018 lays before you this, 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 this canvas, this canvas that you can paint. And can I just say to you, you're going to get a head start if you approach 2018 with faith. You're going to get a head start if you approach 2018 having let go of all the junk. You're going to start 2018 with new opportunities, fresh vision, free-spirited, full of faith, full of joy, full of hope. This is going to be a new year full of hope. What an incredible way to start 2018. Just full of hope, full of hope, full of hope that God is going to do something awesome, that God is going to do something Amazing that 2018, you're going to see many of your prayers answered. You're going to see breakthrough after breakthrough, miracle after miracle. God being with you, enabling you to see great things. But you need to go higher in order to do that. I love the verse in Isaiah 40, verse 31, that says, But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Come on up. Tim, come on up, musicians. We're, we're bringing this in for a landing. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up 
with wings like eagles. Come on. God wants you to fly. God wants you to get that new perspective. Some of you have been scraping around in the chicken yard of life for too long. And God says, you weren't designed to be living in the chook house. You were designed to fly like an eagle, to soar like an eagle, to rise up into the heavenly places, to look at it from my perspective. Some of you are sitting there saying, but, 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 but God, I got to do it this way. Can I just say to you, faith says, God, your way is the best way. Your way is the best way. See, come on. Some of you have just got to have some faith to believe that God's going to see you through. Some of you have got to have some faith that he's a good, good God. That he wants your best. That his way is the best way. Some of you have just got to come to grips with that. You know, Anne and I, when that year before we got married, it was 1980. It was this year where we were just preparing for our future. We were talking through our future and knowing I was going to be a pastor. Her knowing that my destiny is to be connected to John and we're going to do life together. And we're just talking about what are the principles that we're going to lay down for our lives? One of the chief principles was we're going to do it God's way. Whatever God wants is what we want. We're not going to put money first. We're not going to put things first. We're going to put God first. We're going to take the things out of our heart and put God into our heart. Because this is what we discovered is this, that when you take the things out of your heart, God will put the things in your pocket. And over the years, what we've seen is that God actually put the things into our pockets and God's blessed us beyond comprehension with things. But the things were never in our heart. They were gifts from God. God's saying, I'll give you those things. As long as you don't put them in your heart ever. And at any given time, you can give me back the things. Where generosity becomes this giving back to God the things. And so it becomes a revelation, not a ritual of religious obligation, but a revelation of heart. Keep the things out of your heart so that God can be in your heart. And the more you give to God, the more he gives back to you. It's a simple, it's a simple little equation. But we just got to this point of saying, God, you're first. You're first. And the only way you can do that is to climb up into the high places. Because when you're living down in the chookyard of life, you're scratching for everything. You're scratching for existence. You're scratching for the next meal. Scratch, scratch, scratch. God says, come on, rise up as an eagle and see it from my perspective and see that I've got all this provision coming your way. Can't you see? Can't you see that train full? It's coming. But in the chookyard of life, you can't see a thing. You've got to rise up as an eagle to see the God perspective. Some of you today need to rise up, get it in from God's perspective and say, God, take me up to the high places where I can see I can see from your perspective, I'm able to let go of the junk, let go of the scratching, let go of bitterness, let go of anger, let go of all the resentment, let go. I just don't want this thing into 2018. I need to let it go so that I can go higher with you. I can go deeper in my revelation of who you are, and then I can go wider to embrace the world. Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online 
at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.